0: that a person could push a button in their car, and they could find out all kinds of information. It was a 24-hour type of thing. We all know about global positioning, and if you're lost, they can find you and tell you where you need to go. It also has the ability to call police and fire when you're in trouble. Or when you had an accident, they can even diagnose when your car breaks down. They can plug it into a service center and they can figure out what's wrong with your car and send people to you to get it fixed. They also can get a hold of the police, fire. They can also help us get to the nearest hospital if we need it. It's amazing what technology has done today. And the amount of information that we got, and we are a nation right now that's on information overload where we have so much at us, coming at us daily, and yet we're missing wisdom. People who know what to do with that knowledge and, and with that information to make it run right. When we have so much information and steady streams of it, there's wisdom that's lacking. And James today comes to us And speaks to those who have been scattered throughout the Roman Empire because they've been persecuted. If you remember what he did, he began to give God's wisdom about how to deal with trials in your life. Because they were under tremendous scrutiny by the Roman government. And also by Jews, fellow Jews who hated Christians. He also talked about how the temptation is to leave your faith. And also fall into other kinds of temptations. And then he also talked about how we need to be good hearers of the word and doers of it. And now faith is so important, but not just saying that you have faith. Faith that does something and takes action. And that is real and does the thing. And then last week we talked about the things that happen with our mouths. And how important it is at the body of Christ, but also in our homes, and our families, and our work. How important what we say out of our mouths is important. Sometimes there's deep-rooted stuff inside of us that causes us to say things that are wrong. And he says to us, and speaks to us very plainly about it. And talks to us about being sure we know what we're saying. And that we need to get deep down inside, as David said. And he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Mean, what's causing us to do that? But now today, he hits about the wisdom. And, they, and James talks to us about two kinds of wisdom. There's the wisdom that comes from God. That's what he highlights. He says the fear of God, as, as Solomon said, is the beginning of wisdom. When you fear God, That's where you begin to understand the true meaning of life. And connect the dots with information and real life experience and make it work. When you leave God out of the equation, you have the worldly wisdom. And that worldly wisdom discards God's way. Discards the family. Throws it out the back door. And today we have that. Think about what we have in our schools today and what's going on in in the culture that we're living in. We all know about the furries. Thousands of children that come to school and believe that they're a dog or a cat or a kangaroo. I was reading this article and they were talking about how that not only do they growl, not only do they meow, but they also bite each other. And insanity, and parents stand behind these kids who, it's a real delusion. They're living in non-reality, and we're allowing this to go on in our schools, this delusion. I'll never forget the first time as a pastor I went to a psychiatric unit in New Jersey to visit one of my parishioners who had been committed into the sane asylum for a while. And I got off at the 8th floor, and you know they have locked doors, and you push the button, and the nurse came, and there was this big guy that came with her. They opened up the doors, and the nurse said, who are you? And I said who I was, and who I was going to go to. And the guy, the big guy next to her, he was a patient. He said, who are you? I said, I'm a minister. He said, an administrator? I said, no, I'm a minister. I said, who are you? He says, well, I'm the governor of New Jersey. Now he believed that in his head. This delusion is being carried on in our schools today, and children are being affirmed by their parents and by teachers by allowing them to act this way. You see, this delusional process is all what Paul spoke about in Romans 1. He says that what we have done is we undermined the truth for a lie. And we're allowing children... I can't wait to see how that child that's acting like a cat is going to go and apply for a job when they're 18. It's just not going to happen. And what will happen is probably they'll wind up in the basement with their family. You see, truth and reality are very close. And we need the wisdom to teach these children the right way. And, and what we have here is we've got a society now that's done this. This is just another mark from the transgender now to removing now to being somebody you're not like a dog or a cat. When will it end? Anthropologist John... Yurin, conducted a study over 80 civilizations over 4,000 years. And he discovered that the strong moral values and the heavy emphasis on the family held those cultures together. But when those values eventually declined and the family began to be fractured, what we had is the home hemorrhaging that each one of those 80 nations that were powerful, imploded, and eventually collapsed in the world. James today is speaking to us, and he's speaking to the church who's bought into some of this baloney, and also he's speaking to the world around us, that we can't allow this to go on. We're teaching mental illness, that's what we are. And James in his day and in our day is being called to sanctify the church and bring sanity to our world again. And what he speaks is the truth. And what we need to do is stand up for the truth and let people know this is what's going on. Now James begins to differentiate between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. Look at what he says. He says, who among us is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if they are bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. For that wisdom is not is, is not that which comes from above, which is heaven, but earthly, natural, demonic. What James is saying is this is from the devil, and it's evil. And it's going to deteriorate everything that is good around us. And without the wisdom of God that is pure and whole, mankind is going to have himself another problem. And that's what we have in our society today. I had a fellow that I knew, I worked with at Chicago Pneumatic when I was in college. And that summer job, what they did is those impact drills that work on taking the bolts off of car tires and stuff. I fixed those. And we had a group of guys from this one, this, uh, basically, uh, hiring place that we were shipped to. And we worked there all day just fixing these little impact guns. And there was a guy there who was brilliant with scripture. He could quote the whole book of Isaiah. It was so impressive. But the tragedy of it all is, he knew the words, but he didn't have the wisdom of God inside of his heart. And he was over my dad's age, and he was working with me because he was a drunk. He had given himself to the world that way. You see, this is what James is talking about here. He contrasts the two worlds. Look what he says about that world. He says that it's jealous, it's selfish, it's arrogant. All those things, we see that in the scriptures. We see that with the building of the Tower of Babel. Let's be equal with God. And so mankind tried to be equal with God, and it turned everybody's language on each other, and we've got confusion. And that's what is happening, and James is trying to prevent, is that confusion doesn't come into the family, into our homes, into the church. When King Saul saw David and he wanted to go fight Goliath, what did he do? His worldly wisdom says, put armor on him. He was too small. He couldn't carry even the armor. Instead, God gave him those little stones that took down the big giant. You see, it's worldly wisdom opposed to God's wisdom. The same thing happened with the Roman experts who were sailors, and they said, Look, we can, f- we can sh- take this ship and go into that storm. And Paul's saying, God has revealed to me, don't do it, you're going to go down. And sure enough, what happened? The ship went down. You see, because it's man's wisdom is going against God. Yesterday, I was so blown away. You know, I've been, <clears throat> to put the sign in my yard about, it's for both to and vote yes about abortion, which is the against abortion. And yesterday I went to this thing and it said for 48 years it was against this movement because this group of people are saying we need to just move as an act of God to try to abolish, abolish abortion. And the reason why it is for 48 years we've been trying to compromise in the world's wisdom with abortionists. And it has accomplished nothing. And now, here we are. We yell at Hitler. Six million Jews were slaughtered. We have 62 million babies have been slaughtered because of our inability to put the foot down and say no and fight the world. You see, these are examples of this world system, this sensuality. Yeah, it's so easy and so to, to fight the world but we it, 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 that we need to do this because that's God's wisdom it's tragic that we see this every day one of the things Henry David Thoreau said it improves the means we can do that in our age but we have unimproved ends which were destroying life you know sometimes we're in such a hurry and that we could totally destroy ourselves The other day, Sandy and I were sitting, in fact, it was two nights ago, we were sitting at the light at 21st Street and 119th, and it's a good thing I'm slow and old and I didn't pull out into the intersection. Because this guy came through, we had a green light for at least three or four seconds, and he blew through that like he was 65 miles an hour. It could have killed us. And you see, this is what the world is doing. It thinks it's going to do whatever it wants. And it's arrogant about it. And it says, I can do whatever I want. And it doesn't matter who I hurt or what. As long as I am satisfied. That's the selfishness of this wisdom that comes from the world. And because the world turns from God now, it's lost that wisdom. And what happens is hurt and brokenness happen in families and in schools and in churches. Because we're not willing to go to the wisdom of God. We have modern information and technology that gives us all this information. We have libraries full of stuff right on our compu- phones. I have two libraries. I don't use them anymore because I just pick up the phone and I dial it in with the information I want, and it's right there. And it's great to have that capability. But the tragedy is our world doesn't make it work in true wisdom. It uses it for its own ways. You know, it's kind of like <clears throat> what happens sometimes with people. They have a problem, and instead of, <clears throat> they look it up on the internet or whatever, and then they do a 50-50 like that. Let's make a millionaire. Yeah. And then you've got two choices left. And then what happens is that you consult the crowd. Well, the crowd's going to give you what you want to hear, but that's not God's wisdom. And then you call a friend who may not be a believer and they'll give you wisdom. I can tell you how many times I've gone to bars and hung out with some guys and hear them complain about their wives and say things negative against them and against marriage. And then they wonder why their marriage is because they're not happy with their wife because they haven't looked at them from God's point of view. Instead, they listen to a friend and, oh, you shouldn't put up with that. You shouldn't do this. And why would you? And, and, And it... It just causes more pressure on the marriage. You see, the Bible here says there's a different source. And our source is God's way. Wisdom comes through Jesus Christ in our lives. Following his pattern and then listening to his word. Even though it's hurtful and it's hard and it's difficult at times to keep on keeping on. He calls us to follow that wisdom. Paul says it to Timothy, he says, it's the mystery of godliness. It's not easy, but it's the best thing for the situation. And that because God knows the future. He can fix the past. He can fix it and break it apart and help us to dissect it so we can get through the garbage and go on to life. He talks about it and he says, it's the mystery of godliness that we have in our hearts. But it takes a humble spirit to accept it and allow God to reveal. You see, because the wisdom of God is not something that we can investigate and learn about. You can read the Bible and still not get anything out of it. But it's because we read the word, he will reveal it to us. That's why James in the first chapter says, if you're lacking wisdom, ask God, and he'll give it to you abundantly to work out your situation or work out the deal because he's got the right way. And that you don't have to live in the confusion of this foolish world that just tosses people, tosses lives, tosses babies away. No, it's not that confusion. God is a God of order and perfection. He put this world together, and everything works in a system for a purpose. And he's done the same thing for us through the Word of God. How many people do you know? I know know some people who go on the psychic hotline for their help. They'll call up on a situation and they'll ask for a horoscope or somebody to read crystals for them. They'll have ritual candles. USA Today was advertising about how... There's seven things that feminine abilities that that elements that are required to get this wisdom of the universe. And if you sit down with them or they get on the line with them and they light the candles, you're going to hear and see the wisdom that you need. It's baloney. It's mythology from the past. And it's very alluring. I know a lot of people who go for that because they want to know their future. They're afraid. And so they want to have someone tell them. And even though these people are making it up. And it's very spiritually dangerous. Leviticus says that. It says, I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to mediums or seek spiritists. For they have they will defile your life. They will take it away from God. And they'll put you in danger with the foolishness they profess. You see, James uses this word for natural. The word there in the Greek is really a sukios, And it's the derivative of the word psychology. And what it's saying there, this wisdom that comes from below, part of it comes from within us, that we want to sin. And this natural, sensual desire that we have adds to this wisdom that's from below, and it winds up being demonic. It's devilish, he says. It's the wisdom of Satan. It's the same wisdom that satan said to eve when he said you're going to be like god if you participate and take of the fruit he deceived her and said you want to be like god and that's what caused her to fall and so james here lays it out and it's a wisdom of god that we need not only for our personal lives it's the wisdom of god that we need as a nation And the wisdom that came from our early fathers of this nation who got on their knees and prayed as they went through the con, built the Constitution and the the Declaration of Independence. And they put scripture in it. And they used the scriptures as their model to bring about order and, and not destruction in this world. And you see what this worldly stuff does? It just brings deception, confusion, and it helps us not do well, but rather fall apart. And so James says that, and he says it has different goals. There's a jealousy and selfish ambition exists. There's disorder and evil, every, 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 every evil thing. So what happens is that what drives us in our hearts is the jealousy, the selfish ambition, the sinful nature, and it creates disorder in our life and confusion. And the wisdom that comes from above is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's reasonable. It's full of mercy, good fruits, and unwavering without hypocrisy. You see, James knows the goal of the worldly wisdom. And he knows the goal of heavenly wisdom. And where we want to be is in that heavenly wisdom. That that purity shows. We, we see it all the time. In our world, if you get on that internet, and I, I was on it the, last night, and I was so disgusted. I got hooked into TikTok and some of the things that were going on there. They're just worldly and sensual. And people are giving their advice to people. And it's false. It's not godly. It's not pure. When you have purity in that relationship and peaceableness and gentleness, those things that are listed here, you'll find when two people do that, their lives come together and they become more molded and they tend to think about life together. And there's a cohesiveness. There's not the self-ambitious, I want to make my world better for me and I don't care about you. No, it's the opposite. One of the tragedies, King Saul was greater in wisdom and he had a whole bunch of things going for him. But what killed him was he began to be envious again the worldly way. And he became envious of David who was trying to do good things for Saul and help him in his, his, his kingdomship and helping his son. And instead, he became more envy in his heart. He didn't have peace in his heart. And because of it, it destroyed him and he lost the kingdom to David. And here David was doing all pure and good and healthy things for him. He tried to kill David three times, and yet David still loved and honored him. And wouldn't even, he had two opportunities, David did, to kill Saul in his sleep. And yet he didn't because he honored God, and God, because of his heart, was pure. And he said, I'd never lay my hand on the Lord's anointed. He didn't have to, because Saul wound up killing himself. You know, it's crazy, but what we see happens in the world sometimes played out God's wisdom. I was shocked the other day when I read this thing about a guy by the name of Carl Erickson, 73 years old in South Dakota. And he was being sentenced for murder of a former high school classmate. And friends and family, when they found out, they were shocked because he was a very successful insurance salesman. But Erickson secretly had a real vendetta towards a fellow classmate in his class. When he was younger, he was a, basically, he was a, a trainer with the school and helped the athletes on the track team because he wasn't capable of doing that. And there was a fellow by the name of Norm Johnson in their high school class that was super on top of everything football, baseball, track and he was honored for it. But what Johnson did one day in the locker room, he played a prank on Erickson and that prank embarrassed him terribly. The kids in the locker room laughed and made fun of him, and every once in a while, they'd rail him about it. And Erickson went on in life and Northern Norton Johnson. Norton Johnson went off to college, played football. He got a degree from college and wound up being the football coach and also the gym teacher at their alma mater. Erickson, on the other hand, stayed in town and became a very successful insurance man. But he also exceeded. He was the football coach. Everybody loved to give him elation. And what happened was, 55 years later, Erickson knocked on the door of Johnson. Johnson had just retired. And Johnson opened the door and Erickson shot him, point-blank range. And during his sentencing, Erickson turned to Johnson's widow and said, I wish I could do it all over again. I am sorry. The judge said to him, where did that come from? He said, 55 years ago. I've been holding a grudge to him since that prank he pulled on me in the locker room. This is the wisdom of the world. It's devilish. It's foolish. Whereas the wisdom from God it's pure. It wants what God wants. It's peaceable. It wants to make peace with those we're at odds with. It's gentle. It's considerate. James is talking to us here and he's saying, It's full of mercy that you forgive those who have an ought with you. You love them. And you care for them and you feel sorry for them that they feel that way because they're sick. You're not. They need to change their ways. And that you bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And that it's not impartial. It's not hypocritical. You don't put on the air, but you actually live it. And you want that person not only to have a good life that you have, but you want that person to experience that good life too. And you do everything you can. Because you're pressing on to the goal, the upper calling of Christ. And let me make it your goal to please God. And the way to please God is to love that person like Jesus did, who spit in his face, who stabbed his side, who caused him to bleed, that you love him that way. And that you endear him. That's God's way. You see, the world's way. (laughs) It's amazing to me that the heroes we have in our society, I picked up an article from USA Today, and they were talking about the pseudo-celebrities that we have in our society today. People who do nothing and become these great heroes. Kim Kardashian. What has she done? To make mankind better. You look at Caden Kalen. Who was the roommate of O.J. Simpson. And that was his name to fame. And he was plastered all over the world. He was on the talk shows and everything. Most famous guy for a while. And he did nothing. Or you think about some of these TV reality shows. And these people are made to be heroes. Or Mr. Dot Com Guy. Who buys a whole bunch of stuff and stays in his home and yet becomes a celebrity? Are we kidding ourselves? This is the best we can do. We have ball players who can hit home runs and stuff like that. We make them, and they're getting millions of dollars to miss a ball or to hit a ball. And yet we have 200 officers killed a year, and those are neglected and forgotten. You see, this media thing is, makes us feeding a restless sense of, of wanting more and one of the elation or starvation of the excitement of the news. And it's baloney. And its goal is selfishness. Selfish ambition. So the Word of God then says there's a different result. James says the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Our world is full of people who don't want the truth to be known. Paul in his letter to the Romans describes to us exactly what's going on in our generation because it was happening in his day, and it's the same worldly wisdom. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and righteousness. This is what's going on. God's got a day waiting for his wrath to be unleashed. But in the meantime, people are trying to suppress the truth. They're trying to suppress it in marriages. They're trying to su- suppress it in the way we raise our kids. They're trying to suppress God's truth in, in, in about God, that he's not even existent. Why? Because they want to do their own fleshly lifestyles. And it's evident. Because of which known about God is evident within them. They know that he's there. For God made it evident to them, but they reject it. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood throughout what has been made, so that they are without excuse. We all see that God is beautiful with the creation he makes. The sundown we get, the sunrise we get in, in the morning, the things, the way the body's built, the way we live our lives. But they want to that they want to say well that baby in the womb she's just a little embryo we can pull it out and yet it says here in verse 21 for even though they knew God they did not honor him as God and they give thanks but they become futile in their speculation that's what's going on today these folks who are following all their waves and different fads it's all speculation and it's futile and their foolish hearts have been darkened. They don't see. They're walking in the darkness. Professing to be wise. They become fools. You see, God, with His infinite wisdom, gives us. When we truly are wise. When we truly obey God. We get the wisdom that comes from God. brings us salvation. He gives us the ability to overcome sin. That we can fight it. We don't have to live in the darkness anymore. We don't have to live lives of strife. That we can live lives of peace with one another. I've been in churches where even there have been people who want strife. They get a kick out of it. And it's not godly. It's of sin. It's of the world. And what they do is they love creating havoc in other people's lives. It's falsehood. It's demonic. That we don't have to be stubborn. Oh, it's so easy to be stubborn rather than to work with people. But if it's the truth, we hold to the truth, but we lovingly present it and we stand for it. But when it's situations that we have to bend and give because it's not the eternal truth, but it's a way of implementing in our lives, we need to work with other people. The Bible speaks about that. And what we do is we love people. We love them more and use our gifts and abilities that God has given to us for God's glory. I was reading about a counterfeiter. He made $20 bills, but he was an artist and he basically painted them. And he was so accurate in his, they couldn't tell that those dollar bills were made that way. Until one day he was sweating in the bank and the paint started to dribble. The teller called and they arrested him. And they found that in his apartment he had three paintings. And he had all these bills that he accurately painted. And the three paintings that they sold were worth about 16 grand he got. And they used that money for when he went off to prison to pay for his security, what he owed on the apartment, and to get rid of his stuff. But here's a guy who had this super ability from God. And instead, wasted it on his selfishness. You see, the worldly wisdom does that. It confuses us. And it causes us to be embittered, raged. And see, that's not what God's way is. God's way speaks to us in that way. Now, the Bible here tells us today that we're to seek God for wisdom. You know, there's a lot of wisdom out there. It's foolish wisdom. Like I was reading the other day, here's the wisdom that we get from the world. Heinz ketchup comes out of the bottle at 25 miles an hour. Well, that's important. (laughs) But the wisdom from above changes our lives, makes us different. When we were in, and that's why we need to ask God to give us that wisdom. When Sandy, when I was in seminary and Sandy was finishing up her college, one night she came home from one of her classes on business. And her professor was an adjunct professor. That means he just came for a class, one class he taught because of his expertise. His name was Max Dupree and he was a CEO uh, for Herman Miller, which is a big furniture business for um, Office Furniture. And he also wrote books and spoke about leadership. He wrote over, uh, he sold over 800 copies for Leadership as an Art, which was one of his books, and Leadership Jazz, which was another book that he had written. But he said, you know, what's interesting that when we have a problem, sometimes the solution is real easy, but we don't see it. He said him and his wife were praying because they had a problem where they lived on Lake Michigan. They lived on the lake. They put up trespassing signs and all stuff all over the place. But people would sneak in at night and they would go and swim. And they also had at Lake Michigan, during the winter, people would climb these big icebergs that they had. And they'd fall in and they'd die because nobody knew they were there. And during the summer, they'd swim. People would sneak through their yards and, and swim. But they'd get caught in an undercurrent and they wound up dying. And they tried to figure out, you know, God, what can we do to prevent this from happening? They thought about security systems, some of which they already had. And finally, they came up with the solution. And he said, We went out and bought a dog. And he said, we bought this dog, and we named him Help. And that when people were swimming out Lake Michigan, and they were going under, they start yelling Help. And they couldn't hear it, but the dog could. And he'd wake up, they'd call 911, and they'd get out in their boat, and they'd call their neighbors, and they'd all go out and try to find the person who's going down. Simple solution with a big problem and save lives. And see, God's wisdom is very simple. He lays it out in His Word. It's whether or not we're willing to listen to His wisdom and do it. James says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, who gives it liberally without reproach, and will give it to you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for the wisdom that You have. There are times, Lord, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to obey it. Because we'd rather go with our own way. But Lord, give us the faith to trust you and the courage to do what you say and to get in on our situation and really listen to your answers to our deal. Father, we want to obey you. You've saved us through your son, Jesus Christ, and paid the ultimate price for us. And so in gratitude, we really want to do what you want us to do. Because we know it's the life. And it's bringing us happiness in our lives if we follow it. Thank you, God, for giving us that. In Jesus' name, amen. Please lies for the benediction. And now the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, your Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.